Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran jazz saxophonist TK Blue on the 2023 album Tide of Love. The decorated and esteemed veteran alto saxophonist and flautist releases this new album of melodic romantic music that always creates a hypnotic and memorable musical experience. Joining him on the album is vibraphonist Stefan Harris and pianist James Weedman. And it is now finally seeing the light of day after two decades. We get into this album, surviving the pandemic, live shows, the strength of jazz in 2023, and so much more. Enjoy. Fine. Oh, wonderful. Well, how you doing? Okay? I'm wonderful. Yeah, everything's good, man. It's great to catch back up with you. How you doing today? Good. Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. It's great to hear your voice. It's been a minute. I think last time we spoke was got to be about four or five years ago. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Before... Everything got goofy with the pandemic. Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you very much for taking a minute out today. And I want to begin everything with kind of what we touched on. You know, the last time we spoke was prior to the pandemic. Now it's been Mm -hmm. three and a half years or so since. How did you survive that time period? And how has it changed you now that we're coming out of it? What you have to do in in scenarios like that is, you you know, you, you, you find all alternative ways and means of connecting with musicians, of being able to play, practice, and keep your musical integrity. For example, uh, during the pandemic, uh, a, a good friend of mine, bassist Santi DiBriano, he started having sessions at his house. You know, we would get a bunch of guys, and we, everybody would make sure that you were uh, um, not infected. And, and, and he had stuff in, in this place out in Staten Island. But it was a, a music room that was open. So, I mean, there was a lot of airflow. So we were able to get together and, and just play, which was great. And out of that actually came a recording. He, you know, we did a recording called uh, Ashanti on JoJo Records uh, that was recorded about a year ago. Um, but that came out of the pandemic. You find different things like that, jam, kazam, different things technically speaking with the computer where you can connect with folks uh, and, and, and perform together. I, I did some of that uh, using different technologies. One was Jam, jam Kazam. Um, the other thing is you wind up doing a lot of uh, online, a lot of things, which wasn't my cup of tea. I'd rather play for people, but unfortunately during the pandemic, I did a lot of performances uh, with no audience, just the camera where we had to um, perform live stream. So, you know, those are all of the different things that you do um, to to weather the storm and get through uh, that period. It had a lot of adversity because, as you know, we couldn't get together physically with many uh, with many artists. So I think that's kind of what, what I did anyway. And uh, plus I have a strong work ethic and practice uh, discipline and regimen. So... You know, uh, practice is definitely helpful to keep your chops up. It's not as good as performing. Performing is the ultimate. Gig chops are different from practice chops, but practice chops, it beats a blank. If you can't, if you don't have any gigs, you got to practice because if you're not practicing, um, you're not going to be in the game, you know, you know, when gigs come up. So that's kind of the, the way I dealt with it. So the one good thing that's been an outgrowth of all of this is that there's been new material that's been released. You have a brand new album. How relieving mm-hmm. does it feel to have a new album, new material out right now? 
Well, it feels great, um, of course. And one of the things I want to put a footnote by is that this recording on uh, Arcadia records the title Love, which was produced by Bob Carsey. Fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite records of all time. But it was recorded many years ago. It was recorded, uh, I think, 2001. It came, it came right before the year. It was a tricky time because it, it came... Uh, the recording happened, I think, uh, after the, or right before 9-11, and then that between 9-11 and the way things started changing rapidly in the, in the uh, recording world of records, you know, things changed very, very rapidly. We went from a scenario where you got paid to do a record, you made money from the record, you made money from the royalties of the record sale, you made money from uh, your publishing, and stuff, and all of that stuff dried up, and uh, in, in very, very quickly, with the advent of technology, uh, Spotify, all the streaming uh, outlets uh, that are available now, where people can listen to your music for free, and um, so, so I think a combination of many things uh, made Arcadia uh, uh, go in a different direction, and in fact, kind of. Uh, um, you know, pull up their coattails and just kind of wait and see what's going to happen, which, which is which is understandable. You know, you're in a business to make money to survive, um, and then all the avenues that were available before are now dried up. You have to take a re-evaluation. So it was understandable that the recording didn't come out when it was recorded. But um, to my utter fortune. Uh, Bob stayed with it, and uh, he decided a couple of years ago to start releasing material on, on the digital uh, platform. So he went back and started releasing some of my old recordings that I did on Arcadia. Uh, 99, I did another Blue. 2000, I did uh, Eyes of the Elders. And then an alternate take of Eyes of the Elders came out di digitally called Wise Eyes of the Elders. And in the interim of all of that, he decided to put out the tide of love, which had never been released before. So, so for me, it was like find, finding money. You know, you leave money in your coat pocket, and you don't put that coat on for a couple <laughs> of years, and all of a sudden you reach it and say, "Man, it's a hundred dollars, man!" You know. So that's what it was like. You know, uh, when this recording came out, I'm very, very happy uh, that it came out, and um, and it's uh, you know we got down to. As high as number 11 on the charts, and it's just uh, the, the vibe on the recording is just so beautiful and peaceful and tranquil. It's kind of uh, what, what it was when we did the record uh, 21 years ago. So I'm very, very pleased and happy that uh, it came out and uh, we were able to, to get some more mileage out of it. And I guess that's the thing, since this was recorded so long ago, when you look at your career now and think back to when you made this, what do you see as far as kind of your evolution or how nostalgic is it to hear these sounds coming out so far in and out? Yeah, well, very nostalgic. You know, um, you know, Stephon Harris, I don't get the chance to perform with him quite much these days, but back then we did quite a few things together in terms of so we did some gigs and also he's on uh, uh, a couple of other recordings of mine uh, on Eyes of the Elders. So very nostalgic in that regard. Um, but in terms of my, my musical growth and evolution, 
yes, I'm 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 into another chapter right now. In fact, in fact, I have a whole new recording uh, that Bob is uh, co-producer on, and it will come out uh, next year for sure. It's called Planet Blue, and that's spelled B-L-U-U, Planet Blue, and it's just a dream that I had of a of a planet that um, where there was no COVID, there was no um, police brutality, there was no uh, discrimination, uh, there was no exchange of money, you exchange services, you have reverence for the elders. Uh, I mean, it's ideal utopian world, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's a dream. And I wrote all original tunes, except for maybe there's two, that uh, uh, one by Hale Smith and one by Randy Weston, but all the other songs are original and features a lot of the younger generation uh, on the scene today. The, the son of uh, Steve Turay is on drums, Orion. The son of Mark Woodfield, uh, Davis Woodfield, is on piano. The nephew of uh, Philip and Winard Harper uh, is uh, Deshaun Harper on bass. Um, the son of Jerry Allen and Wallace Roney, Wallace Jr. He's on trumpet. Uh, so, yeah, and then we had a uh, 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 special guest, Steve Torrey, played a couple of tunes, and also Dave Kakowski. So um, that that kind of music, and I'm playing the kalimbas and a lot of original compositions that I compose. Yeah, that's kind of more in line with what I'm doing now. 20 years later from, say, when we first recorded Tide. Uh, although even back when we recorded Tide, I was uh, doing quite a bit of writing then as well, you know. But I think now going forward, um, uh, we're gonna, you know, I'm going to be concentrating more on the newer music that I'm doing and uh, not so much on uh, the standards. Although uh, Bob has mentioned, you know, we found some alternate takes to Tide, so that might be interesting to hear uh, or even release that material. So I think it's all good. Um, I think it's all good, and it's all a positive evolution in my career, you know, in terms of where I'm going now. So with the Tide of Love, I'm curious, what are you hoping ultimately that the listener gets from this album? Well, I think, uh, I think, the, the main thing would be some uh, some tranquility, some uh, uh, just a beauty that they can uh, just kick back and throw up, take off your shoes, put your feet up, and just you know have a glass of wine and just listen. Uh, you know, maybe you had a hard day, maybe you had a hectic day, maybe you had some negativity you had to deal with, but this music now. Will help you to cool out, and uh, and it's just a recording of, of a love song. So it's all it's all about love, and uh, I feel very strongly about that. I think if we had more love uh, on the planet, we'd have less wars that we're dealing with right now. So love is a huge factor. Love and forgiveness; those two things, uh, my mom taught me from quite young, were two of the greatest attributes that any human being can hope. To ingrain and in, 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 in really instill in their heart love and forgiveness uh, on all levels, and when you embrace these things uh, in a non-discriminatory fashion, uh, miracles begin to happen. So, so I think that's that's what I'm hoping for anyway. 
so I hope folks that listen to this recording um, feel better than before they listen to it and come away with a feeling of, of love and feeling of, uh, you know, positive energy, positive vibrations, which is what we need so desperately now on this planet. Our planet is so fragile, and we're, we're, we're fighting many wars on different fronts, economically, physically, spiritually, and so many different uh, conflicts that are transpiring all across the globe. So I think now more than ever, musicians and artists, we have to come forth with music uh, and whatever discipline you are in in terms of an artist to bring about visions of peace and love and harmony to change the, the change the script right now and um, take the focus off of this negativity and and try to put it on more positive things. You know, that's my feeling. You know, and the one thing about this by putting positive energy out there is that returning to the live stage has to be very special. Do you still feel that uh, that charge in the crowd, that reinvigoration? Oh, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. We just had a, a beautiful three-night engagement uh, a week ago at, at Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola at Jazz and Lincoln Center where we honored Randy Weston, and we had two sets a night, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, to hear the energy, because, um, you know, music is... Uh, deeply spiritual, and it relies on the participation of those who come. So, you know, like in, in, in traditional African societies, for example, you don't have audience and musicians. Everybody's a musician. So you have gatherings of musical expression. Everybody partakes in the, in the musical uh, dialogue, whether it's clapping, singing, shouting, dancing. Nobody's just sitting there listening. That's a, that's a Western concept of music. African concept is, is, is all participants are involved. And, uh, and that's a great thing when you play for live people as opposed to playing for a live stream or camera. Because when you play for live people, you get people screaming, you get the energy, you get people applauding, and they, and they, they give you back that, the, beautiful, the beautiful energy that you're giving off and you, when you perform. And I think it's uh, it's it's healing. It's quite healing for me as an artist, and it's sure, I'm sure it's healing for the listener as well. You know. you know, the one thing that was a fear when all of this was happening, the pandemic and not knowing when things were going to end and how it progressed, was a lot of cats were moving from big cities, and there was a lot of fear that younger players may not come back. But it seems like it's stronger than ever. What's your take on kind of the global jazz community right now? Well, you know, I can only speak predominantly on uh, a, a major center of the jazz community, which is New York. And it's, it appears, from my experiences, to be quite healthy. Everywhere that uh, I've been performing, uh, whether it's a small venue, whether it's a big venue, um, outdoor venue, it's been well attended. And, uh, uh, you know, the energy has been beautiful. The exchange has been beautiful. Only thing that um, is uh, is tricky now, in terms of uh, for artists, is how do you disseminate your music? Because uh, uh, folks rarely, if if ever, even buy CDs anymore, um, nor downloads. It seems like streaming and uh, LPs to some degree, 
although they're not as uh, uh, compatible to, to, to carry and travel with, et cetera. Um, but LP seem to be making a little little inroads. But but for the most part, I think uh, uh, the you, the biggest detriment that's still lingering right now, which goes back to earlier in our conversation today when I mentioned about after Tide had been recorded, how things change. And right now, still, it, it, uh, we haven't really found that uh, footing that where musicians can actually make money from their recordings. It's just those kind of things uh, that was a granted, that was a given, say, 20 years ago, is, is no longer the case. You know, and um, and and quite well-known artists are, are financing their own recordings. You know, uh, they're, they're producing their own recordings. There's not people coming in to say, hey, I'm going to record you. Uh, because uh, again, it goes back to business model. It's not a good business sense to spend money when you know you're not going to get it back. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself, as a business person, uh, why do I make this investment? Because it's not coming back monetarily, and maybe there's some other reasons. There's a sure enough uh, million reasons for for artists to make investment in themselves. You definitely have to. Uh, I mean. Uh, that goes without saying. But for other people to make that financial investment in you, that's a different story. You know, and uh, uh, that, that, that takes, uh, uh, I guess, a more uh, uh, detailed uh, uh, relationship, involved relationship that the artist will need to have with uh, uh, a person uh, who's producing them or trying to, to uh, foster uh greater sense of awareness of this particular artist. So, um, but that's the only thing I think right now that, that I think is uh, uh, still tricky is how do, you, uh, how do you make money from your music, uh, original music? How do, how, do you, how do you get it out there uh, without spending thousands and thousands of dollars? Because that's where it goes right now today to get, to get a recording out from A to Z, from the, the time of inception uh, of the idea to the execution where you have a, a finished uh, CD or whether it's a download, whatever the case may be, it's a lot of money involved. And uh, not most of it doesn't come back. So those, those are the obstacles we have to face with today. Uh, but as far as the scene, uh, musically, I think it's quite healthy. A lot of uh, young players on the scene today, even at Disney's, it was quite uh, remarkable and enjoyable to hear the after-hour groups that played after my band. Uh, you know, a lot of young musicians, and they all can play very, very well. So, that, I mean, uh, I think the music is in definitely healthy hands, and I think there are a lot of young players, too, who have some great ideas who want to take it to another level which I think is going to happen, which would be fantastic. Uh, so I think the future is bright. I think the future is definitely bright, despite all of the uh, apparent obstacles that we have. I agree, and I think that's just kind of the the tenor and form of, of the jazz community is that it's always strong, it's always resilient. Um, and mm -hmm. speaking of 
of the economics of of making an album, where is the best place for anybody to pick up the the latest album or any of your previous work and to find out about any live shows that come out and support you? Yeah, I would go to my website, www.tkblue.com. You can order uh, recordings on there. You can also go to Bandcamp. has a lot of my music, uh, you know, uh, all of the major outlets. You can go uh, download streaming and uh, all of those outlets. But if you want a physical CD, you could go to my website or to Bandcamp. Uh, and Bandcamp also uh, sells uh, digital downloads as well. So I've been I've been getting a few sales that way, uh, but I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, to the website or uh, to Bandcamp. What wonderful TK! It's always so good to catch up with you. Thank you for opening up about Tide of Love. Good luck with everything as we move forward, and I- I'm sure we'll run into each other again. So thank you, sir. Yeah, I hope so, man. And thank you for your time and. Uh, Good, like I said, good things on the horizon. Uh, looking forward to 2024 with the release of Planet Planet Blue, and um, we're just gonna keep plugging away, you know. So uh, God bless you and thank you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to TK for his time, energy, and cool, and always coming back to Neon Jazz. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.